0: And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast.
1: This call is I being recorded. Face to face with Christ, my face. I shall see. I shall see him I am born. Amen. To God be the glory. Praise the Lord, Sister
2: Ella, Isabella. Powerful, powerful song. Praise God. Beautiful, beautiful. Face to face. Praise the Lord. And we will take this session and move it to uh hear the word of God through our man servant, where well, we'll be introducing Brother Patrick Baker. Happy Sabbath, Brother Patrick.
3: Praise the Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, Sister Noreen. And just want to say thanks to Sister Isabella for that powerful song. I hope face to face, we shall behold him. We shall see him one day. It's high time to be living in these last days. When you look around the world and you're seeing everything coming to an end, you know that it's a good time to be alive. Yes, the disciples wish they were alive where the coming of Christ is imminent. It's even at the door Prophecies are fulfilling all over the world. We are hearing testimonies of what's happening. Do you remember your first love when you met Christ first? Do you remember when you were on fire for Jesus? Are you on fire tonight for Jesus? The Lord is coming. I know I usually listen to that program way back, that program where it says, Maranatha, the Lord is coming. Always say the Lord is coming. And what better time to look around and to see and know that the Lord is coming. So I'm just so grateful to know that he's coming and we are partakers of the fellowship. And we will be with him in paradise. Praise the Lord. So um, as usual, we're going to have a word. and. The word is going to be brought to us by Pastor Saul, and but before he, I, I want to talk to him a little bit before he opened the word. Happy Sabbath, Pastor Saul. How are you today?
2: Praise the Lord, brother
3: Pastor. Happy Sabbath to you. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. I know you probably heard that that s- sermon and that program used to say Maranatha. The Lord is coming.
2: The Lord is coming. (laughs) Amen.
3: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's like a stamp.
2: Maranatha. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the Lord is coming.
2: And there was a time when they used to do a chorus and they would invite everybody to repeat and say it all in unison. Maranatha. And it was a big, it would swell into a big chorus and everyone would say, the Lord is coming. Beautiful. You
3: know? Amen. Amen. The Lord is still coming. And we know we used to have a gentleman, I think his name is Jabik, that man Mm -hmm. that used to say, Amen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every crusade you go to in the GTA or different countries, you heard a distinctive Amen. (laughs) Mercy, mercy. These are landmarks, you know, to say the Lord is coming and it's bringing back memories. So, um just want to ask you a couple questions concerning the coming of the Lord. I know you are involved in Adra, and Adra is reaching souls around the world. Do you notice anything different in terms of people accepting Christ, are more aware, more awareness that Christ is coming? Do you think it's like an alert? There's more urgency, or people just want food? What do you think?
2: Thank you, Brother Patrick, for asking that question and a good evening to our fellow brothers and sisters. Indeed, Maranatha. And, uh, you know, to respond to the question, what we're seeing is many people are open to change, especially when we meet them where they are at their point of need. When ADRA goes in, and not just ADRA, but particularly, you know, as we talk about what we do uh, in meeting the basic needs the essential needs food and clothing and uh, these basic necessities of life they often ask the question even recently right not only internationally uh, but right here in our own backyard when we had the emergency response for the covid 19 many were asking well why are you helping us and it really opened a door for many people many of the members of the church who are agile volunteers and the pastors to have a conversation beyond the topical and superficial. And I'm telling you, this is exactly what Jesus did. He met the people where they are at their point of need, and then he bid them follow me. That's that's the Christ method alone. And this is what we're seeing, Brother Patrick and our brothers and sisters. Uh, We're seeing that God is using this pandemic, though it is causing, it has caused, a crisis, somewhat in our lives, and cause a lot of changes. Yet, God can use that which is evil for His good and for His glory, yes, and we're seeing that.
3: Amen. Amen. I have just two more questions, short questions. I know yeah. that um, it's hard to reach some people around the world, no matter how much food you give them. Some people will come just to get the food, but they're not interested in the gospel. And I know a few years you went to the Sioux lookout. How do you look at the at the the native people? Um, yeah. do you think they are gonna be a point where they are receptive to the word? What do you think from the adjust perspective, going into the native lands and Trying to reach souls for Christ. What do you say?
2: Amen. I believe so. In fact, um, I have personally done several projects in the First Nations communities with the, in the indigenous people. And I want to tell you, in one of the programs I was in, they they opened their meetings with prayer. And uh when I listened to it, they said uh, they talk to God and they refer to him as the creator. They don't refer to many creators or many gods, but the creator. And they talk about in that prayer, remember, they call even the seniors, they call them elders. And so one of the elders prayed, oh, creator, that you would bless us. We thank you for the blessings. And they, it's amazing. It, it, is, it is so interesting to hear them pray. And so this has opened up many opportunities for us when we are ministering to them. When we are meeting their food needs or any, um, health needs, they are open and, and we actually, I've had so many conversations with them and I believe God is going to awaken them. Now, of course, some are steeped in tradition and superstition, but they do have a basic, uh, inherent or innate belief that there is one creator God. And we now, as Advent, is getting the opportunity to, um, have the doors open for us to enter in, have the opportunity to really now redirect their attention and reaffirm who the true creator, the true and living God is. So I am excited to see what, what is happening. And I want to tell you that, uh, especially across Canada, um, amongst the First Nations, um, when we had an emergency response, for example, in one community up north, uh, it's a fly-in-only community called Bearskin Lake, You only could fly in there because um, there are no roads. It's an island. And uh, when they had a big crisis about a year and a half ago, the first agency they called upon was ADRA. And we really thank God. We responded. And I'm telling you, God is opening doors. He's doing a work. Like Habakkuk says, behold, I will do a work in your days that you will not believe, though it be told you. And I believe God is doing it
3: okay final question I know I watched a documentary um, a few years back where when you go to the 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 inner city where the native lives
2: yeah
3: they have no vegetation they do not plant vegetables and this is factual because I watched a documentary and um, they don't do not plant anything. The, the ground is bare. And then they mentioned that way back, when the Christian went there, the Catholic, they took them and they took away the children. This is a documentary I watched. It came on CBC. And I know when you we went to Sucouut, I know that I heard that there was a young man. And his, he had no nose. His nose was gone. And somebody asked him what happened. And he said was when the Christian took him. And they put him in a gym. And the gym was cold. And they didn't want them to communicate in their language. And he would, they put him on the ground to put his face on the ground. And, it, and the ice, the frost, burnt his nose off. And because of that, they are not that receptive to Christians. So we are praying that God will breach the gap. You know, so I'll just make that my final, you know, if you want to comment on that, go ahead.
2: Yes, Brother Patrick, thank you. Yes, there has been some very bad history when the, you know, well, they had the residential school system in Canada. Most of them were operated by, the 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 Catholic Roman Catholic Church and you had other Christian groups early but especially the Roman Catholic Church were trying to convert them because they thought traditionally that these people were unsophisticated and more like savages but it's so you know it was a very poor time in history very sad point in history but you know ever since then there has been concessions and I guess they had Truth and Reconciliation Commission and all of that. And it's hard to erase history like that. And, uh, but you know, what I tell you is this. I'll say this last one, that when we come in with no strings attached, like ADRA is, to meet them at their point of need, whether it be a crisis in their community, whether it be uh, psychosocial support for the high rates of suicide and mental health issues, whether it be infrastructure work, helping them and about the food part, that ADRA actually, we are um, we are advancing what we call community gardens, eco-based project based on the principle of environmental stewardship that God has given us, and even greenhouses. So we are trying to implement those in those areas when we earn their trust when we win their trust back as Jesus Christ method alone then they will be open and receptive and we are seeing God open doors for us like never before even in these difficult times I want to tell you our God is working and he's in control amen
3: go ahead God bless thanks so much
2: amen thank you brother Patrick bless the Lord all my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Shall you pray with me now as we open God's word? And so, loving Lord Jesus, you who are the living word, we wait upon you to receive a word, a word that will bless us, lift us up, heal us, touch us, Lord. A word that will encourage us, a word that will inspire us in hope and with the assurance that you are coming even at the doors Now we wait upon you for your word, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This evening, uh, good evening, brothers and sisters. I just want to share a brief word with you on the subject entitled, What? What Are You Waiting For? What are you waiting for? You know, here we are in the second month of 2021. And the question is, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for this pandemic? to be over are you waiting for this whole COVID crisis to come to an end are you waiting for a breakthrough in your life are you waiting for answered prayers are you waiting for deliverance are you waiting for a new job are you waiting for god to provide that man or woman or somebody in your life what are you what are you waiting for is the question that is the big question that's the million dollar question as they say what are you waiting for? So many people are waiting. Waiting for so long. And you know, when we wait for so long, we can become discouraged. We can become dissuaded. We can become depressed. Uh, there was a story of um, a dog named Hatchie. I think they had made, a, I think they had made a, a, a film about it or a movie. It was called Hatchie, A Dog's Tale, if I remember correctly. And it was about... Um, a college professor who befriended a stray puppy. I think the puppy was a the 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 uh, type of puppy um, breed. Puppy was a Akita, I think. And so it was a stray stray puppy. His name was Hatchie. And so the dog expressed his loyalty by waiting at the train station each day for the professor to return from work. But um, but one day. Unfortunately, the the professor suffered a a fatal stroke. and, And the dog waited hours at the train station. And the story goes that for the next 10 years, the dog returned each day awaiting for his loving master. But the master did not return because he had died. The question is, what are you waiting for? The Bible tells us of a powerful story found in Luke chapter 2. I was uh, meditating on this for uh, a devotional thought and the Lord just brought it to my attention again and I want to share it with you. There was another man. He was an a, a older gentleman. He was waiting for a long time. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Hold on now, stick a pin there. I'm going to read a little bit more. But this man was praying and worshiping and serving God, and he was waiting ex- for the consolation of Israel. In other words, the comforter of Israel, uh, the hope of Israel uh, that that the Messiah, the deliverer would come. And this was the waiting period for the last several centuries uh, after Israel or Judah had gone into captivity. They were released uh, from the Babylonians and then of course Cyrus came in and allowed them to return to Jerusalem, there was a period of 400 to about 400, about 400 years called the intertestamental period where they were all awaiting for the Deliverer to come. The Bible says in verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ somebody ought to say amen. I mean, I think that's a good message for us today, that that if we claim that promise, that we will not see death uh, until, but in fact, when we see Jesus and Sister Isabella saying, face to face, there will be no more death when we come face to face. So, So God had given him this promise, and this is a first, why they call this a primary, the first application or first reference, but there's a secondary reference to this passage of Scripture. So, so this was the first coming of Jesus. And the Bible says that that God had given him a promise that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So the Bible says in verse 27, So he came by the Spirit into the temple. When the parents brought in Jesus, the child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law. So this was when they were having the child or baby, dedication, and then so verse 27 continues, to do this, to do for him according to the custom of the law, verse 28 says, he took him up in his arms and blessed God, hallelujah, somebody ought to say, man, no, 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 I've got to tell you something right now, I remember one of my favorite preachers of all times, he's still alive, Elder, elder, Elder Henry Wright, He preached a sermon entitled, God in My Arms. And I'll never forget that sermon. He talked about his own experience when he was holding his own child, and his own child had died. Um, And it was so sad. And and so he talked about, about God in his arms, God in my arms. And this was the experience for Simeon. Uh, that he was holding, can you imagine, God in his arms. He was holding God in his arms, yet God holds the whole world in his hands. But this is a powerful experience here. Simeon was took him up and blessed God and said, this is what he said in verse 29, Lord, now you have let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Amen and amen. What are you waiting for? You see, Simeon was waiting for a long time, but the Lord fulfilled his promise, and he had the privilege to hold God in his arms. He had the privilege to bless the baby child Jesus. Yet he himself received a greater blessing because he was able to hold and receive that blessing in his hands and now he could go in peace. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. What are you waiting for? When last, when last have you heard a message about the soon coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Don't you want to see the salvation of God? Don't you want to have God hold you in His arms? Don't you want to have peace? You see, whatever God says He will do, He promised that He will fulfill it. And here we have uh, a similar experience that we are in a season of waiting. We are waiting for many things to happen, but I want to tell you I want to give you the assurance i want to I want to encourage somebody here today that while we wait, God is working, and I want to say something to you every time I've waited for God in my life, he has never disappointed me. you know there are times when I wait and I wonder why it's taking so long for this prayer to be answered why is it taking long for this situation to be resolved? why is it taking so long for a a better outcome to take place but but every time i return back to god and god says wait on me and be of good courage and i will strengthen your heart wait i say on the lord psalm 27 verse 14 what a promise every time i've waited god has always come through and whatever he's come through it has been perfect his timing is perfect he does everything in his time and his time he makes all things beautiful. It is time. So I ask you today, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Job after all he went through. Couldn't understand why he was being devastated, why his life had fallen apart, why his life had collapsed, his his wife I mean, his friends turned on him. And then the one closest to him, apart from God, his wife turns on him. And so there's nowhere else to go but God. And sometimes God allows us to be in a waiting period. Why? Because waiting does something for you and I. Waiting increases our patience. Waiting teaches us to trust God. Waiting allows us to understand the big picture and and see the macro view of God's uh, divine design and ultimate deliverance in our life. Waiting helps us to trust God more. Waiting helps us to depend on God. You see, sometimes when we're waiting, we're in the we're going into you know. Uh, uh, a, a deep end and so but what really is god is trying to do is not keep us in a deep end but help us to depend on god okay you didn't get that one you'll get that one next week you see every waiting experience is to construct our character every waiting experience is to allow us to exhaust all human possibilities, to exhaust all human options, so that when God steps in, He gets all the honor and all the glory. And the longer we wait, the greater the miracle, the greater the manifestation of His power. And when we wait, we get to see God demonstrate what He can do. So I want to encourage somebody here today. Wait. Wait on the Lord. And be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. In fact, Job, Job, Job had to declare in the, in the word. Job couldn't understand it. Job, you know, was perplexed and baffled. But Job, even in his humanity, said in, in chapter fourteen, verse fourteen: If a man die, shall he live again? All my days of my appointed time will I wait. Till my change comes. Can somebody, can I get a witness up in the air this evening? Who's waiting for the change to come? Wait on the Lord. Your change is coming. Wait on the Lord. Your deliverance is coming. Wait on the Lord. The prayers will be answered. Wait on the Lord, and he will heal you. He will make you whole. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. I want to tell somebody. I want to shout somebody. Just wait. God. Is going to come through for you just wait because he's able that's why the psalmist david has to declare our soul waits for the lord he is our help and our shield for our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name let your mercy O oh lord be upon us just as we hope in you what are we waiting for what are you waiting for i want to tell somebody here that close today just like the servant of God, Simeon. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. So we are in this pandemic period. We are nearing the second coming of Jesus, even at the doors, and we are waiting not for the first coming of Jesus, but we are now waiting for the second coming of Jesus. Not only will he bring consolation and comfort, but this time he's going to bring deliverance. He's going to deliver us from the power of sin. He's going to deliver us from the penalty of sin. And one day he's going to deliver us from the very presence of sin when he comes to make all things new. No wonder Paul had to declare and exclaim, He that shall come will come and will not tarry." So I enclose you today and I leave you with a word. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait in hope, because the blessed hope is soon to come. Wait, wait, wait on the Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed.